The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ebony's in the Ivory. This is one of your hosts, Dr. Lakeitha Poole, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Dr. Bell. Hi, everybody. We're so excited to be on episode five this week. We have a lot in store for you all, as always. Um, And of course, just like you do every other week, Um, Make sure that you continue to tune in. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe, whether that's through SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. And then also make sure you keep in touch with us each week through social media. So follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Ebony's in the Ivory, um, as well as follow and engage with us on Twitter at Ebbs in the Ivory. And of course, we love to keep the conversation going through our website, which is www.ebonysintheivory.com, which is easily accessible on your phone. You can submit questions there. You can email us there. You can listen to the podcast there. You can read the blog there. So everything you need, one stop shop at our website so dr bell i guess we are ready for another episode yes we are more than ready so today we're going to talk about the blog post um from last week so if you read our blog post which i hope that you did um we talked about um having a phd mindset so the p stands for persistence um the h stands for being hungry um, and the D stands for determination or being determined. Um, and like I said, if you read the blog post, you saw the story that we posted about, um, you know, I was at church, my home church, and um, my dad is the pastor. So he was telling a story um, about a guy who um, literally like grew up in poverty, um, but he, he had a dream um, and he had kind of a spark in him and um, he became a wealthy um, businessman and when asked what the secret to his success was he said that he had a PhD um, and as you know whoever was interviewing him further inquired he said you know I have a PhD I didn't um, complete you know post-secondary education but I was persistent I was hungry and I was determined um, to see my dreams and to see my vision come to fruition um, and that resonated with me um, because, you know, I have a doctoral degree and I, I liked that, um, I can appreciate that, you know, he used that term, um, 
in a way to say, you know, this is kind of like the climax. So, you know, in educational standards, like the PhD is the climax, but I got, I got this up, obtainable, I guess, goal. I obtained this goal um, through being persistent, hungry, and determined. Um, so, what we talked about in a blog was that um, how intellect, of course, you know, you have to show your study to show yourself approved, of course, and you have to be intelligent in a sense to be able to go all the way to um, the, the end of the doctoral process to get a PhD, but being persistent and being determined um, really is the game changer, and that's really what gets you past the coursework and into, you know, the dissertation study and writing and all of that. That's what really gets you across um, the finish line. Um, in the blog, we also talked about we will we address doctoral attrition, and I was very surprised to see that doctoral attrition was at 50%. What do you think? Yeah, I know. When I saw that, I was I mean, obviously, I first was just like, Lord, never would have made it. But, <laughs> but, right. um, yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea. I, I think we always assume that those of us who decide to start that journey, you know, all have the same maybe level of like willpower and determination, um, persistence and like all the things that make up the acronym, you know, to, uh-huh. to get through, um, in spite of like life because I think and we've talked on the show before about just how life circumstances come in and play a part that we don't always expect and um in spite of that still being able to get done for ourselves but not realizing that in some cases everybody's not able to do that even maybe the most strong-willed and persistent person there are just different reasons which I think we you know have taken some time already to address and I know we'll keep addressing like we've talked about finances we've talked about balancing like work-life balance and all of that so um you know we are very fortunate that we made it to the other side because yeah half of people who start don't finish right I can remember like when I first decided that I wanted to get a PhD um I guess I was in undergrad um and my dad had gotten his PhD um when I was in high school so my senior year um at the end of my senior year he graduated um and then my mom started while I was um in undergrad and she finished um while I was in grad school and I remember her telling me you know my parents are both in their 40s when they started again mm-hmm. when they went you know, when they began the doctoral process, they didn't even go straight through school. Um, but my mom always told me, you know, if you're going to do it, you know, go all the way through. It's easier to just go all the way through mm-hmm. than to stop and start and, you know, have kids and have a family and do all of that. And that always resonated with me. Um, I didn't go straight, straight through. Um, I took a year off in between. But, um, you know, keeping up the momentum you know was her advice to me is as long as you can keep up the momentum that'll definitely like assist um in in being persistent and being determined to reach your goal um did you have some of those same messages dr Poole? oh yeah decided that you wanted to get a phd yeah definitely um i think you know what was different for me and we talked about this before too so i'm the first in my family 
um, to get a PhD. And so while everybody around me was like very supportive, um, I there wasn't anybody who had been through the experience to at least be able to maybe just offer um, specifics around it. So some of that was yeah. more trial and error, but I definitely, you know, had the support like my mother um who actually she had me in graduate school when she was in graduate school so being able to realize too that um she was you know definitely an encourager and somebody who uh, pushed me to like take care of myself in between the school stuff because there was no way I was gonna finish if I fell all apart and Um, really just people that like grounded me um, and having you know my friendships having you as a writing partner like all the things that really kind of help you on those days where just you and your personality and your like sense of determination doesn't always cut it like sometimes you do need those extra pushes from people Um, I think I always tell people about like on writing days for us we both were working full time and there will be days and we would tell each other later but like there will be days where one of us did not want to write and we may not have openly told the other person quite yet we were going to think about it and kind of wait till maybe towards the end of the day and then without fail i feel like every time when i was like i'm gonna text dej and be like you know i don't want to write today (laughs) and before and before i could do it you would text and be like hey i'm about to pick us up some snowballs what flavor you want um, or like I'm stopping to get food What do you want And so in the same things I feel like on Sundays I would be like Do you want me to bring something You know And it just yeah. um, On those days Where my like Sense of determination And my Willpower Wasn't at its best right. um, Having people Who at least Just understood What I was What I was trying to accomplish um, It just made the difference And You can't really You can't buy that You can't learn that in a book um, and so that does that too makes sense of why maybe that attrition number is high because if people go into the journey alone right. thinking they can do it alone, um, they are mistaken. <laughs> or if they don't have, like you said, adequate support. So, mm-hmm. um, like we said, we we're fortunate to um, have each other. You were fortunate to have Christina and Rebecca. I was fortunate to have people in my program who look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't have that. Some people may be, you know, some women may be the only woman of color in their program. Um, they may feel ostracized. They may feel left out. Um, some people um, get their PhDs online. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to build rapport and connect sometimes with the online community if you're not face-to-face um, or if it's not a distance learning program. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, definitely like doing it by yourself I know is pretty hard and I I can remember when because I know there was somebody who was in our program and I, you and I had a conversation um, with someone else about this and I think we had just begun writing um, and that person um, was ABD all mm-hmm. dissertation and I remember being like like being real cocky I guess because I'm the type of person I don't I don't quit. Like, it might take me a while to do something just because I procrastinated. But if I say I'm going to do something, it's going to get done. Like, yeah. you can trust and believe. Like, it's happening. It's going to happen. Like, and, and that's that's not, that's, I have confidence. Like, God make like, it's the God in me that mm-hmm. makes sure that anything that I need to to happen is going gonna, is gonna to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, you know, me being green, you know, because coursework, like I said, it's, it is difficult. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy. And it's, it's designed to challenge you in a certain way. But the doctoral process, like we talked about in the blog, is, is designed to, we always say this, it's designed to expose you. So, you know, we're getting our lit review together. And I'm, we're having this conversation about this person. And I'm like, couldn't be me. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, I wish I would go through two three years of coursework and then start a dissertation and then like just quit and like i've given up all these resources time money and i've you know put relationships on hold and Mm -hmm. all of those things and um and then not see the fruit of my labor and like i said that was very um green as we say of me because then when you get in a process i remember it's times you know where we're actually writing and we're actually collecting data and we're analyzing and we're doing four, five, six methods of analysis. And I'm sitting there like, I'm, this is dumb. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is <laughs> taking up so much of my time. And I was just looking at my friends who were, like, living life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, like, I'm missing out on life. Like, yeah. everybody's just laughing and smiling and we over here sad and depressed. Yeah. <laughs> we got to write. <laughs> 10, 12 hours a day like it, mm-hmm. you know if you don't you know and I, like I said I'm a persistent person but even the most persistent people if you don't have it's certain elements you have to have almost the perfect storm of elements to be able to push you to doing that and it's not like I said it's not intelligence it's not even um, you know wherewithal it's just it has to be the right you have to push Mm-hmm. Um, and that's funny because I can look at it now and be like, "Girl, you are so silly for even attempting to judge somebody for not finishing this process." <laughs> because once we really got in the thick of it, it was it was it was difficult. I'm not even gonna lie, we always it's, it's the most difficult thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's to I don't know to keep like like we said in the blog to keep persistence to keep being hungry to keep being determined at the forefront and keep as they say your eyes on the prize um is what really is really what you need mm-hmm. you know to to be successful um how do you feel like being you know having a phd mindset of being persistent um benefited you along the journey especially when things got rough um i think by like you know Allowing myself to know that I was in this thing for the end result, not for how I felt that day, you know. And like sometimes um, those days where you're like, you know what, I don't have to do this. Like, you know, I was just like, I have a master's degree. I'm licensed. Like, you know, I was just kind of like my the what I envision for as a major part of my dream, I've done that part or I've done the things I need to do. Um, and I had to go back though sometimes and be like, but this is part of your dream too. Like even finishing this. Um, and then I think some of that is like personality, right? We are also people who just aren't quitters. Um, and so that, if nothing else is even a sense of like stubbornness to be like, well, I didn't started this and they got my money. So I'm going to have to, you know, finish this and I'm going to do this um and I, I told people I was doing this so I'm doing right. it um 
because there were days where it was like, I don't care what people think. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I don't care. Um, but I think it was the combination of all of those things and like, you know, my personality knowing that I'm somebody who it literally takes a lot for me to walk away from something that I said I was going to do. Like, it's very like, you know, Nene leaks. I said what I said type of thing. Right. Um, and if I, I guess, have those doubtful moments, then that means I need to check in with myself. So like, am I overworked? Do I have too much maybe going on at work that's getting in the way so that when it's time for me to sit down and write, I'm just so exhausted. Um, You know, it just made me be more like intentional, I guess, about checking in with myself. And so I guess that's probably the benefit because now on the other side of it, you know, two years later, it's like when it comes to work things or things that I have to sort of stick it out with, if it's not going the way that I imagined because I know that I'm persistent and I know that I, you know, work hard, then I need to check on myself. I need to see like what's going on. What have I missed um, in this process to make sure that I'm okay. And so um, I think if nothing else, it just allowed me to find balance and um, kind of know that, you know, anything that I do set out to do that I can totally do it. It's just being able to um, understand what persistence really entails. So it's not just like totally diving in and forgetting about everything else around you. Persistence right. also is kind of about like, consistency in your life and um without that you can't really be persistent because everything else is falling apart around you there's no way you'll be able to maintain that long term for you know the journey of a doctoral degree yeah i think i like this saying they say you know what's the best way to eat an elephant and it's one bite at a time Mm -hmm. so i think that kind of plays into what it means to be um persistent i think for me um like I, I like what you said about you know you put it in the atmosphere like you said you were gonna do something then it has to be done um that's kind of the same way that I approach things and then I myself personally I'm very much so of like a, an envisioner so like I've always been like as a kid I was someone with a big imagination mm-hmm. and I will always like see myself at the finish line like that's what gets me through um, most things, anything that's challenging, challenging to me, if I can literally see myself walking across the stage or envision myself, you know, um, you know, defending or anything like that, that mm-hmm. that helps me. That fuels uh, my persistence and it fuels uh, my determination because there are times when there are some, you know, valley times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have to. That the persistence and the determination is what helps you climb out of that, and um, like like I said, helps you focus on on your end goals. So just being persistent um, along the journey, I mean, it ultimately helps you helps you to complete and helps you to. Um, I don't know, like for me, I knew that people were depending on me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are times when you like forget all these. <laughs> they not sitting here writing with me exactly uh-huh. but at the end of the day i knew people were watching me and it wasn't just about me mm-hmm. um it was about adding to a legacy so i also wanted to see you know my diplomas by my parents diplomas and i wanted to have my dissertation printed out sitting by their dissertations mm-hmm. but also 
not to just add to theirs, but to create my own. So, you know, that my child would know her. Um, I knew that um, my dissertation defense date was going to be on my husband's birthday. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give him the best birthday present that I could. And I, I, I made sure that I scheduled it that way. Right. Um, because I wanted him to know, you know, I value all the time um, that I spent away from you. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do the spending with the key things. With me. Help. I know. It's like, uh, with uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't take that for granted. Um, and that, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that he understood that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I took that time seriously and I was really interested in like building our future together and being the best version of myself because I can't be the best spouse for him if I'm not the best version of myself and the best version of myself is when, you know, I can accomplish the goals that I set forth even before I knew him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always been the type of person who, I don't know, before anything else, before like relations, like romantic relationships and things like that, I had to make sure that I'm straight first. Yeah. And not bring any of any insecurities or I feel like I'm not this or that into a relationship. Like, as long as I'm good, we're good. We're and good. Mm-hmm. For me, being good is being able to accomplish things that, you know, I set before me. So, um, just keeping, being able to keep my eyes on the prize and being able to um, you know, just kind of accomplish things and check things off of my our, my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, really helped me in being persistent. You know, yeah, benefited um for me. Um, were there any ways during your journey where you know the PhD mindset was threatened? Hmm. Yeah, I think similar to like what we said about those moments where you start to like compare what life is when you're in it and what life could be like, okay, when this is over, I will, you know, have time back or I will, which doesn't, that's not really true, but that's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> um, I think, I think this idea of having to even though you're working on this really big goal for yourself, the expectations of like people around you and your job and other parts of your life and your identity are still there. Like, okay, we're still here too. And that can be like a challenge where you're like, you know, is this worth it? Is it worth not getting to spend the time that you want? Like you said, seeing friends, having a good time and going on trips and having all these things. And it's like, "Mm, we'll see y'all next year. Like, that feeling is not never a good feeling um but being able to then realize like there is something bigger so yeah i think there are moments where that mindset is threatened um and then i think and that's more of like i guess surfacey and like social type things but i think of like uh the situation that i had that we haven't shared on the show yet but maybe we'll get there one day um towards the end of my phd journey that almost kept me from graduating on time and i think in the moment when everything was first happening i immediately went to like typical lakeitha only child me i guess where like something wasn't going the way that i had planned out 
and that was upsetting for me. And then that moment, that those are the type of situations that make me be like, I'm not doing this. I'm walking away, you know, and mm-hmm. give and kind of giving in to a scenario that I didn't create. Um, and that definitely wasn't my fault, but that I felt like, well, after all this work I've put in, why is this not going the way that I expected? And I've done everything right. And so in that moment, I'm like, why am I fighting so hard for this thing that somebody else really just does not want me to have and I but I don't understand why and so being able to not obviously like settle into that thank God and baby Jesus but um you know like those are moments I definitely remember like the the things that are I guess kind of like out of our control in some ways or, or other people's feelings about us on the PhD journey that can then you know, suck the life out of us a little bit and make you feel like, man, I'm not doing this or why am I, why am I sacrificing being away from significant others and not being on vacation and also balancing work when I could just live my normal life. So things like that definitely made me, you know, have moments where I was just like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this much suffering for uh, a title or for this piece of paper and you know you have those days and I always tell like people who are in the doctoral process now I'm like on those days stop what you're doing and go to sleep like go to bed um and you you know you're not supposed to go to bed angry but like you can be frustrated with like the process um and go to sleep and when you wake up remind yourself of why you started remind yourself of what the end goal is and you will have a different perspective and you will be able to start over that don't mean the issue is completely gone or or if it's a negative person or whatever but you will have a different uh you'll have cleaned your lens a little bit where you don't go into that straight up um dismissive i guess way of thinking that you're just ready to like walk away from it all so Yeah. yeah i definitely felt like my thoughts about what the PhD journey was supposed to be and like what it's supposed to feel like and how happy I was going to be definitely got threatened along the way by people and things and situations that I just I didn't know existed going back to like your first question I just I had nobody else to ask about what that journey would look like um for me so yeah yeah I, th- I agree with that because you know I had someone the same issues or similar issues as far as um, not having control of people getting trying to get in the way of um, right when you're at the end Um, and luckily for you and for I um, and for me we had other people in our corner um, who had some of the same authority Mm -hmm. and who could like circumvent what was trying to happen um so like i said we just have to talk about it like we just have to be very <laughs> candid one day yeah i was gonna say we, we need a whole other episode for that yeah um <laughs> but i mean same thing is you know circumstances outside of your control mm-hmm. um, and people who have kind of authority over your process in a sense um <clears throat> you know kind of getting in the way and and during the process, like you said, sometimes you're at the mercy of the people. You yeah. have a co- committee chair. You yep. have a um, a committee. Mm-hmm. And these people are experienced. You know, they're in the ivory tower. Yep. And they have to sign up on your stuff. And if they don't, then you're not going to be a doctor. <laughs> um, 
So um, that's nerve wracking in itself, mm-hmm. and especially when that process, you know, doesn't go smoothly. And I know plenty of people, um, it didn't go smoothly, and, and it did take a lot, and it was a fight. Um, you know, that does have often happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, those situations and those circumstances, I agree, definitely threaten my PhD mindset. Um, and when you like when you're writing you're in such a vulnerable space anyway mm-hmm. um that if you don't have the support and you don't have people who are really in your corner things can go left pretty fast and where you might not have been so hasty or um so affected by something um because you're vulnerable and because you you're emotional and you're pouring out everything into this document um you know, you can be susceptible to, you know, some negativity and things like that. So, yeah, um, I definitely agree with you there. I think you kind of touched on this already, but what advice can you give um, to those who are looking to embark um, on the doctoral process as it relates to having a PhD mindset, to being persistent, hungry, and determined? I think just, you know, surrounding yourself with good people, like, the people that matter, because at the end of the day, while they may not be able to offer you step-by-step advice on, like, you know, how to write your proposal and how to practice your defense presentation or how to fill out the paperwork for graduation, um, those people matter. So going into it, you know, creating your village a little bit. I know we talked about that before on here, too, but, like, just finding um, your crew who gets it, maybe both within both of those circles, like your personal life and your academic life. Um, And sometimes those will overlap, but figuring out who those people are, I think is important. And also being honest with them up front about how and where this journey is going to take you, even the parts that you don't know yet. And just having, you know, building the confidence in them that like you need them as much as uh, they want you around, you need them to be around. And so just giving them permission to do that. Um, and then I think like being okay with going into some of this, not having all the answers. So for the most part, those of us who like seek out pirate, um, as, as, you know, a way to advance our like educational attainment, we are like high achievers we are logical like extremely logical people we think a lot we see everything we hear everything we're like sensory overload um i feel like to give yourself permission to not know it all and have seen it all and um you know learn in the midst of the process and know that you might screw up you might make a mistake you might miss a date you might you know, but try not to because those dates matter. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but things are going to come up that you're not going to know. And instead of wasting time getting frustrated by the fact that, you know, it's something you didn't know, um, which in most cases, there are some people, God bless them, who get multiple PhDs. But in most cases, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at you, exhaling like this. Um but in most cases, none of us do. So it's, it's your first and last time. So there's no way before this you could know how to do it. And even like Dr. Bell mentioned earlier, like even with two parents who had gone through the process, her process still was her process. And so 
Um, you have to be able to be willing to know that it's going to be a journey and it's going to be um, filled with all kinds of ups and downs. But to just go into it knowing that you're doing this thing that gets you one step closer to whatever that big goal or dream or accomplishment or job or role that you want is. And you can't really let anything get in the way of that. So that's my advice. Probably long version of advice, but that's my advice. <laughs> I agree with the whole, um, you know, the whole thought process of, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, It's a lot of things that you won't know going into the process. I always say, like, I really thought I was a good writer until I started the doctoral process. And then I realized I was not, um, not by, you know, academic standards per se, um, because it's a different kind of writing a different kind of research um and I had to be okay with that and I had to be okay with criticism and I had to be okay with feedback um it's funny because we just did a disc um profile um this profile you know like a personality career assessment at work and um for my um profile um the biggest fear of someone with my profile letter is criticism mm-hmm. and I was like I could see that because I try to do things um you know accurately right and in the best way that I can so then you criticize me I'm like so you think I'm not good enough like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what's up so um that really that was definitely a, a big um a big lesson learned for me like straight out of the beginning um you know getting back feedback on writing and things like that um because my professors wanted me to be a better writer Mm -hmm. and my chair wanted me to be a better writer because she's like a really really great writer Mm -hmm. um so her expectations were like beyond um but I learned how to meet them um but I would say not to succumb to like imposter syndrome and like posturing and things like that and yeah. I we um, we're gonna talk about that you know in some of our um upcoming blogs and podcasts but um you know feeling as if you don't belong or that you know you don't have the educational background or even in like my my doctoral program you know being in the higher ed administration program you know most people were f- working at the university as well so like some people were like student workers and some people were like associate directors so even um you know feeling as if you're inadequate because you haven't maintained or attained um Mm -hmm. you know a certain career uh position or um you know you're doing full-time or somebody else is doing part-time whatever that looks like whatever feeds into you know the whole discourse of um imposter syndrome and and people posturing and you know people with you know different degrees and just different schools of thought and um it can really you know weigh in um or affect you know the way that you view things so just protecting your mind and, and allowing yourself to learn and allowing yourself um to get you know constructive feedback and allowing yourself to not have to know everything because Mm -hmm. if 
like you don't have to know everything that's why you're there you're there to learn so um that would be my advice to remaining persistent and not being burned out is allowing yourself to to learn from others um and then using that to feed the hunger and to to feed the determination and say hey you know i don't know everything um but i'm learning and i'm gonna use that and then i'm gonna you know put that into my research put that hunger into my research put that hunger into my document my Mm -hmm. study put that hunger into my conference proposals and presentations and um you know see what you know i can see what is attainable and i'll you know quantify that and let that you know push me and drive me so um i think that's the advice that i would give um just remain humble and hungry and persistent um and and you'll have what you need and you'll finish we did (laughs) we did we did i also like what you said about uh, making yourself available and like researching and searching for like mentors and people who will help you because everybody's not going to come to you and you're not going to be in the perfect situation um to receive support sometimes we have to be vigilant why can i say that word vigilant um and sometimes we have to go seek out help Mm -hmm. and we can't expect to be you know um we can't expect it to always come to us um and we can't expect people to seek us out like sometimes we have to do that hard work um and it is beneficial and sometimes you have to you know network Mm -hmm. um and you know on a on a university's campus or in a doctoral program or wherever you know where it's online or whatever you have to reach out to people like you you can't live in in solitude and yeah. you can't work in silos like it's, it doesn't work like you have to build a community you have to build a village um so i think that also helps in relation to remaining persistent hungry and determined i agree i is there anything else that you want to contribute? I think that's all for this topic. I think we're going to take a break now. Yep. It's break time. Okay. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second. And we're going to um, cover our signature segments. We're going to talk about Culture Corner. I can never say corner either. Culture Corner. <laughs> um, y'all, we got something good to talk about. I don't even know. Like, hopefully we can stay in a lot of time. But <laughs> this... <laughs> What we're about to discuss is very interesting. Hopefully, um, Dr. Poole will give us some insight on um, something that she ran into regarding this topic. So please stay tuned because it's going to be interesting. We'll be right back. James 
Um, I don't want to get into sports talk. I mean, I don't feel like he's the greatest player of all time because I feel like, you know, that's Michael Jordan um, and, you know, Kobe Bryant and then LeBron. Like, he can have the third spot. We're not going to go there, though. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he's a legend. Like, don't get me wrong in what he's doing yeah. for education and what he's doing for his community, mm-hmm. for the black community, for the community in general, for the world, for the United States. It's amazing. And, like, hats mm-hmm. off to LeBron because I can, I can respect it. Yeah. Um, wholeheartedly but this week LeBron um, made a post about um, he for his picture he put all of these lovely women of color on the front pages of so many distinguished magazines um, I think Issa Rae was on one um, Tracy Ellis Ross um, Beyonce Beyonce <laughs> It was so many women. Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Dr. Paul Zendaya. Zendaya. Um, Ducky, the model. Yeah. Um, who Slim else was Woods on was on there. Slim Woods. It was a bunch of like amazing. A bunch of women. amazing women of color. Mm-hmm. And so let me let me tell y'all what the post was because he had people in their entire feelings this week. He said, um, "Nothing in this world is more important." Than colored women. Thank you for thank you all for continuing not to settle and setting great examples in life for so many looking up to you for inspiration and guidance and love. My daughter is watching. Hashtag women power. And I you know what I really love this evolution of LeBron because since he had his daughter Zuri, mm-hmm. like he is such a softie and I love it. Like mm-hmm. like black girls like daughters yeah like really like have an impact on on their fathers yeah. like they become immediate mush i think we've so seen that I, with a lot of like in recent times black yeah. male celebrities lebron jay-z ti yes. um ti still got some stuff he needs to do though but um yeah. kobe yeah like yeah kobe got three girls so yeah it's yeah. just you do see a difference in that and the appreciation not only for you know their daughters and the love they have for their daughters but an appreciation for black women right and the women who birthed mm-hmm. and gave them their children as mm-hmm. well so shout out to lebron for that that's a beautiful post right dr Poole? Yeah. like that's so positive right yeah i mean when do yeah. we see somebody at that of that stature you right. know praising women of color in that way openly um, when they don't have to, you know, he has his wife and his daughter. He could keep that sort of all and lavish that all on them. But to do something like that, um, it says a lot about where he is and his own evolution, too, as a right. man and as a public figure. So, you, like I said, you that's positive. Like, you would think that people would be like, yeah, LeBron, and come alongside of him. Those are beautiful words. Not so much. Not everybody. So... I was very shocked and appalled to see some of the comments and some of the responses that he got, particularly from non-people of color. Somebody wrote, and I'm going to read some of these comments, um, that's kind of racist to white women, to be honest. Um, someone else wrote, why is this about colored women? Please tell me how colored women are better than, better than white women. All women who set good examples and our good parents are great people and great women. Singling out women of color, you're not supposed to singling out, right? Singling out <laughs> color to make them seem better as opposed, this person cannot spell, as opposed to non-colored women is a sham. You say colored women are powerful. 
but then use a hashtag of women power. You're not advertising women power, only talking about one race of women. Fix these movements, please. Mm-mm. Um, why are colored women more powerful than non-colored women? Someone else is saying, you're my favorite player, but I don't know about this statement. We are all equal. Somebody else said, I wonder what would happen if a white athlete posted something like this about white women equality. This one was a kicker. <laughs> nothing in this world. He was the the, doc, the guy's questioning what LeBron is saying. He's saying nothing in this world. So people from other races aren't powerful. No wonder there's a divide in this country because athletes like yourself think it's only people of color. Great job in segregating yourself and others. Real class act. So this guy says that the divide in this country comes from athletes segregate themselves hmm. somebody else said let's do a role reversal let's say Tom Brady or Tom Cruise or George Clooney came on Instagram and said nothing is more nothing in this world is more powerful than white women I know y'all mofos would be having to fit but let's add some salt to it and say Trump's stupid A said it society and double standards somebody else those comments are ridiculous <laughs> now imagine if Dirk Nowitzki would have said this. Dirk is married to a black woman, so he probably wouldn't have said it to him. Probably so would, funny right? You don't, <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. If I messed up your last name, Dirk, I'm sorry if you're listening to Ebony's and Ivory because I probably did. Um, but I still, I love you. And I think I you said it right. I, I hope I did. Um, I love the fact that you know you're very supportive of the black community and you have yourself a black queen and you can appreciate women of all colors mm-hmm. um but i was just like i don't understand why the backlash why why the negativity and why can't i just can't understand why why the people who commented couldn't decipher that the reason why we highlight women of color so much is because mainstream society does not and if they weren't celebrated by other people of color they probably wouldn't be celebrated at all right right we wouldn't even see them like there wouldn't be images of them on those magazines that he utilized as an example of what it does to create images that don't necessarily exist in mainstream for his daughter to see herself represented. Um, my issue with this, and you and I have talked about this, my issue with people's issue with this is at some point realize that everything's not about you. So this right. isn't about comparing women of color to non-women of color. It's about being able to utilize the platforms that those women who are on those covers represent and LeBron's message to say that if nobody else tells you that you're great, because right now, based on societal standards, based on um, the fashion industry, I mean, pick a field, women of color are not appreciated at the, to the same level. Um, That's just what it is. And so I think people are taking this in a, a very personal way like as if it's an attack on them as maybe a non-person of color when in essence this just isn't about you so 
whether you agree with the statement or not. And there's really a, a big impossibility that you're not aware of the fact that um, women of color are not often represented to that extent um, that he was trying to show very often at all because when you pick up a magazine or you turn on a TV show or you look at an award ceremony um, everybody looks like you and so um, you only are noticing that somebody's speaking about a group that doesn't look like you because the majority of the time the groups do and that I think is where people have to get out of their feelings a little bit thanks to Drake Um, and you know like really understand that this is just not about you um, and that you should sit down (laughs) it's just so funny that people and like some of the people are like you know LeBron you know I'm one of your fans and it's like you want people to be robots but you don't want them to be authentic to who they are and you don't want them to be intersectional beings and it's really hard Mm -hmm. it's hard to be a person of color and separate that from anything that you do because it you know it impacts so much of your life and your worldview and your um you know how you view the world and how you approach and how you react and yeah it's like people people want athletes to shut up and dribble mm-hmm. and they want them to shut up and throw the ball into tackle but they don't want them to be people and they don't want him want them to have an opinion but you want to have an opinion about the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just why that's so important to me um, as to what he said is, like for Beyonce's Vogue cover, Vogue had never had um, someone of color shoot the cover shot mm-hmm. until Beyonce demanded creative control and said, this is who I want. And she was very intentional and purposeful about why she did that as she always is about everything and and she made history just with that that simple you know re- what would seem as a simple request but it's Beyonce she, she do what she want um, <laughs> so um, she made history just by allowing you know an African American male or a male of color to shoot the shot mm-hmm. so I think it's important like representation we say it's all the time representation is so important because just by her being on that cover that created you know a way in a venue for someone else to make history um and that that that's why i feel like women of color have to be celebrated um because we bring up others along with us Mm -hmm. um when we make it and we represent and I think it's important to highlight that and because we have this collective or we're a collective community or we have this collective mindset um, and we do like we said before we've said it on past episodes feel responsible even in our obligatory mentorship um, podcast Mm -hmm. you know it is a responsibility to bring others up with you because if we don't do it who's going to do it Yep. So, um, I think it was very important for LeBron to, like you said, the stage that he has and the presence that he has and the power and the authority that he has as a, you know, 
a premier athlete and an activist and I guess you can add educator now to his resume yeah. um, with just the you know the status that he has to use that and you know say this is what I'm going to use my power for and you know this is what I'm going to use my you know my name for and, and my voice for I think it's important so I think it was very interesting to see the negativity mm-hmm. um, I agree when when minority culture speaks up and majority culture has a problem with it even though they're the majority it's interesting yeah um so i guess we can move on to ebony's in the spotlight i'm excited because this was phenomenal to me i saw this um on because of them we can and it immediately sparked my interest and i was like i want to highlight these women um on our next podcast for Ebony's and Ivory. So, for the first time in Harvard University's history, four of its schools will be led by black women. Professor Claudine Gay became the first to be appointed to dean at the university as the dean of faculty of the Faculty of Arts and Sciences. Um, she's a first, she is the first African-American woman to hold this position and prior to her appointment, um, Bridget Terry Long became the Dean of the Graduate School of Education in August, while Tamiko Brown Nagin became the first African American Dean at the Radcliffe Institute of Advanced Study in May. And then in 2016, Michelle Williams became the first black person to hold a head to head a faculty at Harvard. And she was the first black woman to lead the Longwood Bay School of Public Health. So right now, Harvard has four um, women wow. of color, black women, um, who are deans or who head departments on their campus. That's huge. That's huge. That's, a, that's the Ivy League school. The the um, the Institute of Higher Education is the first, like we said, we say all the time, the first institution of higher education built in 1636 um so you know harvard is always seen as this kind of like unattainable place mm-hmm. so for black women to be making moves and to be you know um creating history by just living in their truth and being who they are and being recognized for what they've done in education i think is phenomenal that's amazing i mean yeah you know, at like you said, an institution that is so highly regarded, um, and, and positions like theirs of some of their most popular uh, academic colleges as well. Right. Um, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. When does that happen? <laughs> so in the same space, like four black women at the same at the Harvard University. I I, I just think that's awesome. Yeah. So we definitely definitely want to shout out um those women and thank you um for the because of them we can movement for bringing that to our attention so that you know we could highlight and acknowledge those women for the phenomenal things that they're doing absolutely thank you to them too for just paving the way for women of color to come behind them and do the same if not bigger and better things so we appreciate y'all and Love you for being our Ebony's in the spotlight. Yay. Yay. Um, so that about concludes 
this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed our topics, our culture corner, um, and our Ebony's in the Spotlight. Um, and we just want to thank you all for, you know, staying tuned in this whole time. We really appreciate it. This is our fifth episode, so, um, you know, we're continuing to be excited about the things that um, we can discuss with y'all. Um, please be on the lookout for our next episode um, coming to an Ebony's in the Ivory Tuesday near you, ETI Tuesdays. Please be sure to like, follow, and subscribe um, on our page, on our Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook, <laughs> website, everything, any of our media venues. Um, and please be sure to submit yours or your fellow um, Ebony's in the Irish for our spotlight um, segment because we want to shout out and acknowledge all of the women of color who are doing great things in and outside of um, of the ivory tower um, so please make sure that you submit for our spotlight segment um, Dr. Poo do you have anything that you want to say to our listeners before we wrap up no thank you guys as always for listening in we appreciate you we know that the Ebony's and Ivory community is growing and we're excited to keep growing with you and as always just stay tuned for more to come yeah see y'all next week bye